the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 133. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast and that's not it you can share our show on social media or with your friends and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on itunes all of this helps our little show immensely and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts now on to the show hey sandra good morning how the heck are you um you know life is funnier than fiction i will say (laughs) Uh-huh. What's going have, on? Okay. I would love I would love to catch everyone up. Yes, please. Um, so I've been kind of wallowing in it a bit lately. Mm-hmm. It's like it's been going on for a while that I've been wallowing in some kind of just I don't know, a petty party, not really that even. Just life is so um it's, it's a little complicated right now as life gets, not yeah. only with the move, fa- immediate family stuff, my teenager, just like it's all happening at once. I bought a new laptop. It doesn't work. I have to send it back. You get where I'm going. So like, it's just everything at once. And I'm not used to that. I like to float above the surface. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask un- you about your move. Did you notice? I did unruffled. Not <laughs> I, I like to float unruffled and I'm very ruffled right now. So, and I've been wallowing in it. I've just been like a little bit woe is me. So uh, <laughs> this morning, I but I woke up with like this renewed sense of, of agency and clarity, energy that I have not experienced in a while. I even drew the ace of swords, which... Hmm. is all about mental clarity mm-hmm. and energy. And I, I you know, it's like, I'm going to kill this day. I'm going to kill it. All right. And yeah, <laughs> I, I came home from dropping my, I came home from dropping my daughter off from school, which home, by the way, we're still in a very sparse house that is literally falling apart. And I will describe that. Uh, I hear this gurgling sound. And I know that it's coming from the one toilet that we have. And I go in and there's water pouring from the floor, from the base of the toilet. It's just, 
I'm watching it completely soak the entire floor this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I calmly uh. call my husband and say, okay, let me just collect myself for a minute so that I can describe the scene to you as best I can. Right. <laughs> the toilet, the, the, the floor in the bathroom is filling up with water. It's not coming up from the top of the toilet. It's actually coming from the base of the toilet. So we just had to, we literally laughed. We both just laughed. Mm. Yeah. Cause if you don't, you're going to cry, right? So you just got to laugh. <laughs> we did. We did. We both laughed. And, and he, and he even said, well, uh, hmm, yeah, I guess this is going to hasten our departure. <laughs> oh. And I said, yes. Yes, it is. We're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. Let's go. This week. Go time. We're done. No more fishing trips. No No more. more. We're going. No more worrying about the cat. I mean, we're all worried about the cat, Mm -hmm. our cat. And that's, you know, another reason why we're dragging our feet. We're done. We're out of here. I'm I'm done. Well, that is your ace of swords. It's your mental clarity. Exactly. Right? That's exactly. my card for the year, Sandra. So yes, I I just I just grabbed that sword and with one fail swoop, <laughs> we're going to cut this umbilical cord. We are out of here. Decision clarity. Isn't it be- a beautiful thing? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That is a sucky way to start the morning. I, I mean, I swear I don't I'm unfazed. I'm mm. completely unfazed. Right. You're kind of in um like a cocoon of <laughs> like you're rocking right now. Are you rocking back and forth? <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. Time. You needed something to make it time, right? Yeah, it, it, we did. We did. And I mean, clearly my signs are never subtle. So it's like, yes, <laughs> time to go. You've said that before and I love it. <laughs> you just know it. Yeah, your signs are not subtle. No. Oh, well. Anyway. Anyway, I'm well, excited to be talking to you this morning. Yeah, it, things are, um, it's funny, this October business, like, I feel like the end of the year, I, I'm doing that thing where I'm future tripping a little bit, which I really try not to do. But I'm like, I have such high hopes for October to get so much done. And, um, you know, it's halfway yeah. over, right? Um, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Which is really what yesterday I had, um, I started a little lady boss meeting, uh, with some sober women in town who are all creative entrepreneurs and it was amazing, but it lit a fire. So I stayed up till late, late last night working on boring edits and website stuff. And I just, um, I don't love that stuff, but I have a goal of trying to get all that kind of stuff done in October so I can launch some classes in January. But it was like, before I know it, once it hits November 1st, it's a little bit like all bets are off for me in terms of creating. Like I'll create for Christmas or I'll I'll get in a mode of wanting to cook. But I, and that kind of feels good. I haven't signed up for any new classes. I haven't, um, I'm really going to just try to take care of business for the podcast and, and take care of us. You know, you and I are working on some things. I really want to make time and space for that. And I know that you're in a, in a transition of moving, but my school ends in December and I'm super excited about January. So oh, that's nice. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. I think I'll have more time and space for us too, to kind of 
push forward our little dreams that we have, not little, yep. big dreams that we have of retreats next year. And you and I talked about, you know, Marfa and I was dreaming about Baja and I was thinking about, you know, Paris. So those things have to, you know, we got to put that shit together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> so I'm, um, I'm dreaming about all of that. So it feels, it feels good. And I, f- I feel a little bit like a fire is lit as well. So Swords. let's do it. <laughs> we have, and I will, one more thing. We have, uh, a, a, I meet with, um, some creative entrepreneurs as well here mm-hmm. in Austin and we've had our, see, we've met twice now. Um, but yes, highly recommend the, the mastermind group. Totally. I had, we, I've been getting together with Sasha and Natalie calling it like lady empire building. And we kind of do that. And we did that on Sunday. I went up to the Buddhist retreat center where those ladies were doing a workshop and um, we got together and chatted and, but I wanted to get together locally with some ladies um, because Sasha doesn't live near us. So I wanted to have it more, some local gals and how we could help each other and quit reinventing the wheel for everything. Sure. And it was so helpful. We just kind of got together and, and cause some people didn't know each other and, and it's only five of us total, which I think is like a perfect number. Mm-hmm. Um, There's but, four of us. Yeah. But one of the gals was like, when are we having that lady domination, world domination day? <laughs> and I was like, I like that, but it's a mouthful. So um, another friend of mine on her gratitude list always puts about being a lady boss. I'm like, how about that? We're going to just call it lady boss meeting. And they, they just really super got me charged up yesterday. It was good. Awesome. Yeah. They're really good. good. Mm-hmm. They're good for that. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to promote before we jump in? Uh, yes, please. Um, if you want to work with me from now until the end of the year, I actually, um, I, I'm, I have time for that. <laughs> 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 um, and actually that's where all of my energy lately has gone is mm. my, my change your story program and the women that I'm working currently with right now, all of my good high level, highly effective energy is going towards them. Um, and there's more to spare. So, um, if you want to work with me, um, if you have a creative idea that you would like to see come to fruition, if you'd like to at least start making a map or a plan, um, before the end of the year, I am taking on clients, um, from now until December go to my website, beingruffle.com, click on the bar at the top. It's called Change Your Story. You can read um, about what exactly we would be doing. And it's really up to you though. It's kind of, um, we co-create and uh, there's some testimonials there if you want to hear what other people have to say about it. People are saying nice things about it. They are. They are. Um, I don't have much other than I'm working on things and what I would really love is if listeners could sign up for my newsletter because I'm going to be offering discount codes for the classes that I offer at the beginning of the year, which there are two classes that I'm offering um, that will be self-guided and on my website. I'll be offering those in January and only newsletter subscribers are going to get the discount code. And um, so that's how you do that is to get on the newsletter. And then I'm going to do a free workshop the last week of um the year, because I love the last week of the year and getting ready for January 1st. It's going to be a one day, like a two hour thing. It's a free workshop. And um, that's going to be available to my newsletter subscribers first. So it may be only, I'm not sure yet, maybe at Ruffle Community and um, newsletter subscribers, I might only just offer it there. 
So if anybody wants to sign up for that, it's TammySalas.com. It's right on my homepage. Nice. All right. Let's welcome our friend um, yes. to the show. I met Allison Moncrief at um, Amanda Grace's Raw Workshop in September of last year. And there was something very um, magnetic about her that I kept finding myself wanting to like, her, her artwork was amazing is what caught my eye. And then just her, and there was just something about her presence. And every time she was like in the kitchen, I was like, I'm going to go chat with that lady. So anyhow, welcome to the show, Allison. I stalked you. I didn't stalk you. I just kind of followed you around that weekend. <laughs> happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tammy. I'm really happy to be here. And the, the uh, magnetic attraction is mutual. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I was just like, I want to talk to her. You know, I will say too, because I chat with Allison and we'll get to this later, but we've chatted on Zoom and Allison, you do have something, you have a warmth. It's Mm -hmm. like your smile or something. You have a very lovely smile. First of all, your eyebrows are also perfect. I have to to add that. (laughs) Oh, are you serious? That's so funny. They are. I think they're never perfect, but that's Um, nice to hear. Thank you. They're pretty perfect. Mm -hmm. And, but you do have a warmth about you. You have, and I can feel that through, uh, you know, through us, through a computer screen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so where are you talking to us from? So our listeners know. I am in the basement of my house, which is the (laughs) studio. Excellent. (laughs) The quiet place. And, um, it's where I make art. I'm in Oakland, um, East Oakland, kind of near Mills college. Yeah. And so when I met you, the workshop was in Oakland, Amanda's workshop, which was amazing. Yes. And then I met you again at Becky Vollmer's workshop. We ran into each other again. Yes. Yeah. That, then, that place we met was mere blocks from where I live. So. Oh, <laughs> well, it was so great. And it was nice because Natalie was there too. You got to meet Natalie and, um, and we did the yoga workshop with, with um, Becky Vollmer, who's been on the show as well. That was just and so amazing. Was it so was. Pretty. Wasn't it nice? Which, yeah. It was just a beautiful afternoon. And then um, we finally met up for our art date um, at the Oakland Museum a couple months ago. We've been threatening to get together for a while, Sandra, and we finally made it happen. It was just oh, good. perfect. It was just a lovely day. I pull into Oakland, so I'm like a little stressed out to travel, right? So I how get to far? Oakland. How far away? How far is like an hour? Okay. Yeah. So I'm driving around the block. We're going to meet at a coffee shop that Allison picked, and I'm driving, driving, find, trying to find parking. And I go around the block. I'm not kidding. Six times, like it's a big city block, and um, and I park finally. I find it the perfect spot. I'm like, oh, there it is, perfect. I pull in put it in park, turn off my car. I look behind me. Another car is pulling in right behind me. And who is it? It's Allison. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I just went straight to that parking space from my house. I didn't (laughs) drive around at all. So it's like perfect little. Yeah. It was like, we were meant to just run into each other. And then we just talked each other's heads off all day. We just like, I couldn't get enough. I was like, we got, we have so much to cover. You know, so that's why I wanted to have um, Allison come on because I'd asked you before about if you'd be interested in coming on the pod and um, it seemed like that wasn't the right time, but now it seemed like the right time. Yeah. You said yes. At the right time. Yeah. Um, Do you want to, well, normally we start off by kind of um, telling our listeners, like um, our guest tells our listeners how they came to the decision to quit drinking. 
And then I want to kind of go into, because you are highly prolific and you have um, so much talent and you do so many different things that I really want to get into that. But can you share with our listeners so they can kind of understand a little bit of your story of how you came to the decision to quit drinking? Yeah, certainly. Um, I, so gosh, when I was growing up, wine was, um, it was a regular kind of normalized thing at every dinner and every party that my parents had. And um, I, I started drinking pretty early um, in high school, probably as a sophomore, I'm guessing, um, and socially on weekends, that kind of thing. But I do remember my very first drink, which there aren't that many things I remember the first time I did, but I really remember that one. Um, and I was at a party um, uh, kind of near my house. I could walk there and it was with some older high school kids um, and they were, they were doing shots. And it was the first, actually not my first drink, but the first time I was ever buzzed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took, I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember the feeling and I went into the bathroom and my teeth were chattering mm-hmm. like uncontrollably. And, you know, my body was like telling me right then, <laughs> you know, this is probably not what you want to be doing <laughs> right, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, but this feels so good, you know, and I, my, I was a pretty um, anxious or self-conscious kid. And so it was, you know, this gift to me in, th- in that way. I felt so good and I didn't feel so self-conscious. So I ignored the teeth chattering <laughs> um, thing and went back out and had more to drink. So... Isn't it funny how our bodies tell us these things, but we don't listen? Yeah. I mean, you can't kind of know that, I guess, without a little hindsight. But when you look back, you're like, huh, right away. Yeah. Like now, I might listen to that voice if some weird physical thing started happening, like, instantly. I would listen. Then I was just like, huh. Allison, um, do you you ever experience that again afterwards, the, the teeth chattering thing? No. Really? Yeah. And I don't, you know, it may not have even, well, I'm sure it had to do with the alcohol and this, the social situation, but, um, I didn't uh, have that. My, Cause I've experienced that before too. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. I thought I was anomaly, but when I would, it, and I, 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 it happened all the way until I, you know, kind of quit drinking and, you know, but I, if I was like excited, if, like if there was anticipation mm-hmm. about going to a party or something, my teeth would like do that chattering thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Until I started drinking and that would like settle it down. Oh, so it was before. Mm-hmm. before it was before. Started. Yeah. It was like oh. anticipation and, uh, or, or, you know, right as I started even sometimes and I would just kind of like, be really self-conscious about it. And then, um, but the drink, you know, the more I drank, the more it just settled down. And, you know, that was one of those things that I thought, well, clearly I have to drink because I'm anxious about being social. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was my old story that I stuck with, you know, one of them. And, um, but it doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Magically gone. (laughs) 
at least it doesn't manifest, you know, being, you know, anticipatory feelings or anxious feelings don't manifest that way anymore. Right. How Um, old were you, Allison? Oh gosh. Um, I was probably 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then my friends just drank on weekends in high school and, um, then I went to college and I, because of a like ongoing, like a situation in my town that um, I won't go into, I, I came away from my home and went to college here in Oakland, actually, um, with a lot of emotional baggage and kind of trauma related things. And I, I just, I really started drinking a lot then when I was in school. Um, I managed to do fine in school <laughs> despite that, but um, that's really, it was kind of the period of time when I went out on my own and between then and when I got married <laughs> was really um, a roller coaster of, of drinking. Um, so how old were you when you got married? Um, I was 31. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the twenties. Yeah. The twenties. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a blur. Yeah. (laughs) And then I met my husband and I didn't drink as much. Um, and, but I had this cause I, I tend to be like more, I tended to be more cautious about how much I drank in front of people. So I was more of solitary when I overdid it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I would kind of temper myself around him, which had this shame piece to it. And ugh. so, yeah, I mean, I didn't stop, but I just didn't drink as much. And then when I had my kids, I didn't drink at all. Um, mm. Then forward a little bit, kids are six and 10 years old. And I'm just a full on gray area drinker. I mean, I'm not passing out or anything, but it's mm-hmm. every night. And by the time I stopped, I was it was, you know, gin and tonics, right? Mother's ruin. (laughs) Um, so I needed, so I needed to stop and, um, I keyed on a couple people I, I knew and know who were sober. And one of them was, um, this woman I studied yoga with and, um, she'd been sober since she was like in her early twenties or something. And she's my age and she was just such a superstar, you know, and Mm. an amazing person in all these ways, not just yoga wise, but, um, she was like one of those people, like they say in the rooms, like they had what you wanted maybe, or like in a way, way, yes. Like Like how she was just her presence or. Yeah. Yes. And, and she also, you know what? I had an idea in my, like I had wanted to stop. And I had, like I had gone through all these medical things that were probably should have had me stopping earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, like I had brain surgery. Like you would think, okay, you know, the pain, you're done with the pain medication, you're healing. <laughs> Maybe don't drink poison. Maybe don't drink, but I was like, okay, yeah. I could really drink again. And then, so mm-hmm. it was like a, year to the day that I had that surgery that I walked into that yoga studio 
Mm. And I had been thinking that whole year about stopping. So, um, so how, when was this that you had the brain surgery and how old were you? Oh, um, it was in 2012. So okay. I was 40. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. 46. I'm not sure. Sorry for the math so early this morning. Right I'm just now. trying to like, cause I know a lot of our listeners just, to, just to kind of gauge things because you, you've known this for a while our bodies are telling us stuff and that you have this feeling and there's some shame, right? But we don't verbalize it and we don't, it's like for the longest time, I didn't know I had a problem, right? But I knew yeah. something wasn't right, but I could never identify that as that I should quit drinking or that I should have a problem. I just thought, you know, why is my husband mad at me all the time? Like, I don't care. Yeah, I was, I was actively not looking at the problem. <laughs> you know? Right actively not looking at the problem and yeah Mm -hmm. but and i would and and you know same i would go to any links to continue to drink i mean Mm -hmm. i didn't you know doctors you know commentary whatever it's like no surely i know you're a doctor but you're wrong it can't be the alcohol that's ridiculous this is Mm -hmm. What do they know? Keeping me afloat <laughs> here. <laughs> so, yeah. so you find this woman a little bit, I'm not, you find it, but you're, you're attracted or there's a resonance or there's something. Yes. And then the yoga on. itself was like this way of really being in my body, you know, mm-hmm. and how it brings up emotion when you're that much in your body. And, and so anyway, so there was her, she was a key person. And then there was a really old friend of mine whose name is David, um, a chef and a throat singer, um, lives in Wisconsin now, but he has struggled with alcohol his whole life, like badly, way, way worse than I did. And um, he had um, gone to AA and he got sober and I just saw him really starting to flourish and really like, learning to love himself in a new way. Um, so that was like, and then I was like, Oh my God, he, he did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, wow. And then I wanted what he had, you know, that, that was the point where I was like, okay, because you know, he was someone I drank with like yeah. when I really drank. So um, I think I probably with, I was looking right for people mm-hmm. who, because I had this idea in my head of what a sober person was and both of these people totally broke that. And mm-hmm. now I know that there is no one way a sober person is. But <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. We have our own ideas for sure. Yeah. Like the stories I had were like, you know, it's just ways of normalizing your drinking and not wanting to be boring and just, just stories. Yeah. So then what was the, what, what was happening? So that was in around 2012. Um, what has happened since then? Oh, How right. Did you so get- that year I, I went on Christmas Eve of um, 2013 to a, an AA meeting. Um, oh. I, I'd been throwing it around in my mind, thinking about going, checking the times for months, literally. And mm-hmm. um, then one day I just put myself in there. I just didn't think about it, overthink it. And it was on Christmas Eve? 
It was on Christmas Eve. Yeah. How was that? I bet that was a packed meeting. Usually yeah, it's around yeah. the holidays are. <laughs> yeah. It was. And um, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was awesome. And I, I was so like, I felt like I was with my people. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I was really moved by everybody in the room. And I, you know, I raised my hand when they said, is this your first, second or third meeting? And, and the, the leader of the meeting came after me, up to me afterwards and said, well, just don't drink between meetings. And <laughs> I, I did drink between meetings, but it took me two years and 11 months to get around to drinking again after that one meeting. Wow. So, um, I probably should have kept going, <laughs> but I don't know, you know? So um, yeah, so that was the beginning of almost three years of sobriety. Um, yeah. I, I should, I, and then I relapsed. So that's, my story isn't like I had a day and then here we are talking, um, mm-hmm. back. So, um, should I talk about the, the time of sobriety first or, hmm. or how well, let's see. Again? Did you so, ever, did you ever experience like a pink cloud and all of that during your two years? I mean, did you really buy in and experience some growth at that time? I totally did. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I I can't talk about creativity or any of the art that I do without talking about poetry. Um, Mm. Oh yes. Because that is where I've always like, feels like my soul's code, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. It, and by the time I, quit drinking. I had given up. I hadn't been, I had been writing, but I had given up all of my kind of dreams about publishing or reading poems and in, in front of people. And, um, so during those two years, I did all those things. Um, I, I published two chapbooks of poetry and I, I did readings like mm. with, and I, I've, I'm sorely now, sorely out of touch with my poetry community, but um, I, you know, it was like I built something for myself there a little bit. See, so. that helped, did it help being, did, was that while you were sober? Oh, yeah. Yes, this was during the, the two the, yeah. years and 11 months. Did you feel, I mean, what I wanted to get into talking to you, I know we're still going to talk about how you came to this decision recently, but I... Um, you've obviously, you use your creativity to help fill something there then, right? I mean, I feel like when we stop drinking, there's like this kind of void. Some people call it like a God-sized hole or whatever people call it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely, for me, I was reading some old writing of mine last night and I was like, I called it early on. Like, I feel like I just have this void. I'm not quite sure what to do with myself. And so it opened up this kind of invitation to start creating, making yeah. something of myself, my life, my time, whatever it was. Yeah. So um, your poetry is beautiful. I read some of your poetry and oh, really okay. beautiful. Um, what, what, did, what made you, if, if, since our listeners I'm sure are going to be interested in this, if you don't mind sharing, um, what made you start drinking again at that point? Um, <clears throat> that is a good question. Yeah, I if, if you even know. Theory. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I just was looking at the day that I started because I had kind of, and so I started drinking again on November 13th, 2016. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that date, it's five days after the election. And oh. um, that, I, that is not in my mind why I started drinking mm-hmm. again. Because I, we had this, I remember walking around Lake Merritt with my husband and we were having this conversation and I was feeling so good that I started to just do the thing. And I had been doing it for a few weeks. Um, like I could probably have the one glass, you know? Right. And yeah. Have another one for three weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that we think we, we do, we do get there, get there sometimes. We all do. We think we're fixed and yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's so valuable for me now to know that that just wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It teaches us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that day that we walked around the lake was this, it was this, it was a protest where people gathered in Oakland and we made a ring around the entire lake holding hands. Mm. And it was really kind of beautiful. And um, we went out to dinner afterwards and had a glass of wine. And then, um, you know, gradually over the next almost three years again, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, it just built up again and again. I didn't get to the gin this last time. I stuck with the white wine, but um, it was just more and more and things started to feel hard, you know, just really hard. And also I had this phenomenon, which I've heard other people talk about where I would drink wine and then wake up with my heart beating. I thought I'd die. I was going to die yes. just so fast. And yes. I thought every night I had this, I would wake up and think, oh my God, I'm killing myself. Uh-huh. It you does know? feel like you're dying. Yeah. yeah. And I would try to practice anyway. So that was a huge factor. And also, I mean, getting older, I just I can't drink that much. Like that would happen with very, very little alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so my body just handles it differently. Mm-hmm. And also I was disconnected from my stuff again. Mm-hmm. I was this whole, if there's like a trend for any of this drinking, it's like running from feelings and what my soul wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. You cut yourself off from contact with, yeah, not only relationships and people around you, but you cut off your contact to your creative well, even. Yeah. And yeah. for being someone who's so creative, and it seems like that's just, it's just pouring out of you, um, that that would be, it would, it would hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine that it would. Yeah, it's like, it's like keeping your candle really dim. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. right. And you're right. It's still on the candle's still lit, but it is, it's m- way dimmer than it, than it could be. Yeah. And like, there's almost a fear there of it being big, letting, you know, burning like it should. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's a, that's definitely a thing too, that I don't think a lo- uh, enough of us talk about. Um, yeah, that Marianne Williamson quote that, you know, essentially we're all afraid of being too big and too bright and it's too mm. much to, it's overwhelming sometimes to think about. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Allison, I'm a, a, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong with this, but I was going to kind of lead you here because, okay. so this is 2016, right? You start yeah. drinking again. Yeah. I think somehow, I can't remember how I stumbled upon your Instagram account. Um, I don't know if it was from a man. I don't know how it all happened, but I started following you maybe because you followed me. I don't know. I followed you back. Um, when you were doing in 2017, you had committed to doing a painting to painting every single day of 2017. Yes. And yeah. for me, when I did a drawing a day every day in 2014, that led me to sobriety. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, cause you were still drinking but you had embarked on this project. Yeah. How did you decide on that? And then how did that work for you? Um, I decided on it. My friend, um, she was like, maybe you should just paint in 2017. And I read, I heard that as you're going to paint every day of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just this kind of idea to sort of generate a practice. Yeah. And I did that. I did it. Some days it was five minutes I was painting, mm -hmm. but it was putting myself in the room, you know, to create work. I think accountability projects, maybe they're not for everybody I know, but there's certain personality types, which I think really respond to them. Yeah. And for me, it helped tether me to like what I've, deducted or at this phase of what I think about accountability projects and why I do them, it tethers me to, to something and it, it helps me be, keep my word to myself, which I didn't ever really keep my word to myself or others when I was drinking, mm -hmm. but somehow doing that act of, for me, it was just drawing on a half page of a journal every day for a year. I filled up one big like sketchbook. It felt wow. so good at the end of the year to know that I didn't miss a day that I didn't kind of cheat on myself. And so I'm just curious because I know that, that you like accountability projects as well, it seems. And um, even though you were drinking during that time, so was I, by the way, I had time to think while yeah. I was doing the thing. And I, you know, a month after that project ended, I ended up quitting drinking. Mm. I had a whole year to kind of meditate and think and create and just have time with myself. Did that feel like that to you? Like, did that give, even if it was five minutes, but it, you know, did that give you time that you knew you were keeping your word to yourself? Um, yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. Even if it was definitely that thing of I'm, I'm keeping my word to myself. Although I have to say it was a little bit muddier. It was a little muddy. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> like, I, first of all, I commend <laughs> both of you for doing that while you were drinking. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't. I was not one single commitment I could make that mm. I would follow through, especially consistently daily, that kind of thing. I would surprise myself sometimes, but, um, but I, I think that, right. What should probably, you're right, Allison, which I, I would only imagine should be highlighted is that maybe just that little bit of showing up for yourself every day made you not just completely sink into oblivion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for putting it that way. That's accurate. Yeah. And mine, Sandra, just to, to be clear too, for the listeners to not think it was all like sunshines and, and rainbows. I did mine in the morning when I was hungover. 
So really what it was, was a beating myself up exercise. So it might sound all glamorous and good that it was this accountability project that I just checked off the list, but that was really time where I just beat the shit out of myself, but I would get to think like, what can I, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Why, why is my life so shitty? Never thinking it was my drinking until the end of the year-ish, you know what I mean? But mm. like having that time, where it was really a pity party every single day mm. where I'm like, uh, at least I'm going to make this thing and just think about things. Um, but it was not clear, mm-hmm. right, for a long time until the very end where like, this isn't really working. <laughs> Something's not working. Right. Because yeah. if it was working, you'd still just be drinking and making totally. art every morning at the coffee table. Totally. Right. I had um, the, because I had been sober before, I knew. Right. You knew what was <laughs> I had the there. shame that I was taking down and right. me, mm-hmm. you know, and often I would go because I wanted to drink down there and not mm-hmm. be upstairs. And, you know, that's. Uh, drink that, the way you want to. There. Yeah. But it also was like this place where I could have the emotions I was having around that and really like work that out on the canvas canvas at the time. Yeah. And so, so what, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't miss that down here. <laughs> no. And in, in, right. It's not all for nothing. You, yeah, yeah you, you got to fully ex- experience that. Yeah. And, and so when you did, so, so after, during that year, did you do other things besides that um, painting all year? Like, did you start other programs or start seeking out anything else? Because um, so, I know you did some training, but was that I 2017? Did, yeah. You know, I'm a little, I'm not so great at remembering dates, but okay. I'll just say that I did take um, Flora Bowley's e-course. Oh, right. Um, and my friend Melissa gave me this, her book, and that's actually what started me painting. I was not a painter until like 2000, kind of started fooling around with it in 2014. Wow. So um, I didn't paint before that. Um, I love that. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I love Flora Bali, but I've never taken one of her courses, but I, she was one that I would kind of, you know, look up online and dream about and think about going to one of her workshops, but yeah. Okay. So you took an e-course of hers. Great. I did. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, yeah, that was the main thing. And I actually just recently took another thing with her, a fresh paint course, Mm. which is kind of around developing a visual language that's unique to you, which I I find I'm, that's my area of fascination right now. (laughs) As Mm -hmm. Sandra, you know. Right, right. Finding your style. Yeah. 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 And your, your symbols and your, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you did some soul collage. Was that before you did? Um... Soul collage was really recent. I've been actually recent. doing soul okay. collage all this whole time um, in a workshop setting, not leading workshops. But then this year in February, I got um, trained as a facilitator. And tell us about soul collage because yeah. I don't know a whole lot about this as a program or, or a facilitation or yeah, so it's a um, it's not therapy, but it's a therapeutic um, method of self inquiry, really, where you you collage cards, and each card represents an energy of your psyche, and mm. so um, it's kind of like your personalized 
tarot deck. Right. You have that I was telling you about. Yeah. Yeah. Or it is like, or you're saying that in general. Um, in, well, it's really similar to tarot in that uh-huh. suits and, Got it. and so, and they kind of correspond with, um, mind, heart, body, and soul, four voices type things. So, um, anyway, what ends up happening, you collage these cards with magazine images that you pick without really overthinking it. And you collage without overthinking. You're not trying to like send a message in your card. And then when you draw from your deck, the card, you have the card speak to you as itself. So it's like, I am one who is, and it describes itself to you. Mm. And then you ask it for um, guidance um, in aspects of your life, you know, decisions you're trying to make or things that are coming up. So it's, and it's fascinating. What's fascinating about it is that you see your own unconscious work advising you in this really beautiful circular way. Oh yeah. It's like you're giving yourself information. Yeah. Channel. Yeah. Because those images, that's the language of the unconscious. Mm. And you've made all of the images on all of the cards. Um, Correct. In your deck. Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what people do when they go to those workshops. You're creating your own deck. Yeah. 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 Yours are super beautiful. You were sharing them on Instagram for a while there and I didn't fully know what it was, but I just was so drawn. And then you would, I think you typed out kind of what each card meant. Um, yeah. Or like a symbol or what. And it was just helpful to kind of, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I love, I love how it looks. I love what she's doing, but I just don't fully didn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a morning. I do that every morning and, um, I was posting for a while and I was kind of trying to, you know, get a little more like sort of introduce it to people through the stories. But yeah. um, Then I uh, sort of stalled on that. Yeah. Sometimes that happens right in stories. Like how much do I want to share? Do I really need to do this? Yeah. Well, what I, what I love, um, I think that's why I'm drawn to you too, Allison, is just that you are quite, um, it seems like a seeker. And so for our listeners, I wanted to just kind of help you. Um, I will not help you. I wanted to navigate you back to telling how you came to the decision to quit drinking this time, Thank just you. so that they could know, um, because you are taking classes. You did the four voices coach training with Meadow DeVore, right? That's yeah. where you met Amanda Grace. Yes. Yep. And um, so you, you, you definitely are a seeker. And like, I think a lot of us in this community are. Um, and I know that you took a class of mine. I know that you're working with Sandra, but how, how did you, how did you get there? How did you finally figure out like you were going to remove it? Well, I mean, you just and when listed, did you? Yeah. listed all the, the influences who were oh. <laughs> like putting myself in those places, you know, that, there are a lot of sober people in all those, um, like in Meadows classes. And, um, you know, I was listening to your podcast and it was just on my radar again. And I knew that I needed to stop because I felt like I was killing myself, you know, with, you know, that feeling in the middle of the night and just feeling disconnected from stuff, even though I was still making art. Um, so um, I read, when I was trying this, I read Annie Grace's book, 
and um, the naked mind. And that was helpful. That was an influence. Like there were just a lot of things that came together. Um, I, I was, I, I witnessed an, a bicycle accident out in front of my house and oh, right. that yes. spiked up my drinking after that. I mean, I was the only witness to it and it was an awful, terrible accident between a bicycle and a car. Mm. And so I, um, I, yeah, I started drinking a little more then. And then, gosh, I, it just became clear that I, I wanted to stop and I kept kind of trying to stop. I'd stopped mm-hmm. for like maybe three weeks earlier in the, in like before July. And then, so August 3rd, I stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I posted on the Facebook group, the mm-hmm. Unruffled Podcast Facebook group that, yeah. you know, I had this story in my head about because I had been sober before, I wouldn't feel like this was real or valid until I'd been sober again for two years and 11 months and like went past that point. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's totally, totally a stupid story. That was just keeping me, I mean, okay. You're not, you're not alone in that story. Right. Yeah. yeah. And even if it's true, it's like, okay, then go to two years and 11 months, you know, instead of just keeping drinking, right? Right. It's almost like if you don't, and I've seen this a lot, if you, if those of us who don't like have a, like a dramatic bottom or just like, you know, really just, you know, fall into a well, basically, it's like your soul or whatever just starts screaming at you. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you know what to do mm-hmm. and you know what you, what you, and, and you even want to, but then the alcohol just overrides it. Yeah. And that's the, you know, that's just the, the basic addiction part of alcohol. Yeah. Well, Allison, remember what, did you have a panic attack before or after you quit this time? <laughs> Tammy, because remember, that, you and I were chatting. Yes, that was the day I stopped. That was <gasps> my first right. day. That's right. Mm. That's right. And uh, yeah, so yes, I had been at my dad's house and he's aging and I mean, he's old, he's 94. And um, I don't know, I was driving and I had a panic attack and I had had wine at his house because mm. he likes his wine and um I, yeah, yeah, that was part of it for sure. For sure. It's so scary when it's happening. I have another, a couple of other ladies on Instagram that I've never met before, um, but that follow along or share my common problem with panic attacks. And um, it's just been interesting to reach out after, after they've had them, you know, there's kind of like this, tell me what you do. Tell me a tool. Can you share? Can you just talk? Can you, and I'm like, yeah. I absolutely, I have no magic fix, but I would be happy to connect. Wait, Allison, you were driving? Yes, I get them when I drive. When I drive. Oh my God. What did you, did you pull over? I did. I first like called my friend and she was talking to me for a while, talking me through it. And then I just had to get off the highway. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Cause the only panic attack I've had turned into a full on, like I started hyperventilating and uh, and all of my fingers and like started locking. 
Like if I would have been driving, you know, if there was like no clear way for me to have pulled over driving, I would have, I would have killed myself. It was, you know, that extreme. Yeah. It's scary. It it is a feeling like, so what happens for me is that I, my throat starts to feel like it's closing up Uh huh. and Mm -hmm. my hands get kind of uncoordinated. Yeah. (laughs) It's not great when you're driving. Right. (laughs) And so it's like, I had to, yeah, I had to pull over. Um, luckily there was an exit there. So mm, that's yeah. scary. Oh, and have you had any anxiety or panic, um, episodes since? Um, not, not like that. Not, not like right. that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, it's just take, it's just, uh, it's panic. <laughs> it's just yeah. no other way to put it. Like you don't yeah. quite know what to do with yourself and yeah. But well, talking- and then you, and then it gets meta, right? Because then you start creating more panic over the fact that you're panicking. Yes. And, and it just, yes. yeah. Yeah. It's definitely that fight or flight um, is how I feel, you know, and I really want to flee, of course. Like even when I was, you know, in a plane, I was like, I'm going to need to have that door open so I can jump off. Like I, it's like totally <laughs> irrational, but you're like, that's the only, that I have to get out of here. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I'm so grateful that you um, got, got home safely that day and that you did come to this decision. Yes. And texting with you was, and talking with you that day was so valuable. We talked a little later when I landed back at home and, um, yeah, yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling. Um, so I'm glad you're not drinking, Allison. And I know I, I know a few women that I'm working with um, uh, that are not working with that I know through the program. Um, that, you know, people set, reset their dates, and it's hard to reset mm-hmm. your date. But I think um, it's been beautiful to kind of see the evolution of of them kind of growing into it and being like, now I feel aligned. Mm-hmm. Now I feel in true integrity, and now I feel I've relieved myself of some of the, like, what is the saying sounded like the bondage of self, like they, because they've done the work or they decided, you know, not that anybody told them to, I've never, you know, you can't tell somebody what to do. You can't tell people to go to the rooms. You can't tell people how to set their date. You can't do that. You know, they have to figure it out. Otherwise it doesn't really stick. Yes. And, uh, I think that's so cool. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that, but I all, we want to talk about your 100 day project. Yes. Okay. Because it's freaking awesome, Allison. So for our listeners, uh, we should probably tell them what the 100 Day Project is, right, Sandra? Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, well, you, you. Why don't you? Because I, you probably know the backstory of it better than um, I do. A little bit. It's. It was started by L. Luna. Okay. Who did a talk called, um, is it the crossroads of should and must? Should and must. Yes. And then she, there was a book created from that. Well, she created the 100 day project. Uh, and I don't fully know. I think she went, there was a program at Yale that somebody was doing or Harvard. Anyhow, I'm probably getting it wrong. She just decided like, let's start this project and people can do it for a hundred days and your hundred days can last for however many days it takes. You know, you don't have to do it every day, but the idea is that they kind of launch it and then there's kind of a finish date, but there's no rules necessarily. And it's an Instagram yeah, project. Instagram, that's you, where you sort of display your hundred. Yeah. You yeah. create your own hashtag for it so that people can like t- click on it and see your work or you use their hashtag and kind of add it to the collective. 
And um, you and I have done the project before, Sandra, like our own projects. Mm-hmm. Last year, I've, I ne- not- I've never, ever made it to 100 days, though. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, I did not. I made it to like 60. So it's a feat. And Allison, took it's on, hard. Yes. Took on, it's, a, it's so, yeah, it's a kind of dedication. Um, most people do it for the 100 days straight. And some people kind of wing it and say, you know what, I'm just going to do it when I finish 100 days worth of making this. Um, so Allison, this was your first time doing a project, right? Yes, it was. So can you it's tell It's in the us spring, me? right? It happens yeah. in the spring. Okay. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it started in April 2nd. And I okay. think there's a hashtag for our podcast listeners who participate called Unruffled 100, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can click on there and see people who have <clears throat> made things or been part of it. Um, how did you come to the decision for your project? And tell our listeners what that was. Um, yeah, I wanted to do a project that did not involve me buying a lot of materials and involved perhaps using things that I had around. And um, I have been keeping my Pete's coffee bags um, that we buy our pound of coffee, however often, um, in for over 10 years. So wow, huge box of coffee bags. Um, so I thought that would be a good, uh, surface. They're basically paper and they're backed with plastic. Um, mm-hmm. um, so that was a good surface to use. And they're like a manageable size where I could do one a day for a hundred days. <clears throat> and yeah, that's, that's what I did. My hashtag was 100 days of painting on Pete's bag. Pete's bag. I love it. I love that you chose that and, and, and like made that your surface. I, I don't, it, it, cause it does, it makes it seem so, so much more doable if you, if the container is consistent. Yeah. Right. And I had it all there and I had a little kind of, it was also like nice because I had a little ritual to it. Like, I don't know if it's really a ritual, but I would cut out the bottom. Like I prep the bag the night before uh-huh. for the next day's session and keep the little bottom of the bag so that I can put a label on it if I ever show it or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm looking at your hashtag right now. So awesome. Yeah, it was really great because the, the pieces evolved. Like I started off doing kind of what I was typically doing in um, painting work otherwise. And then it really evolved. Like I started, I ended up like doing these multi-layered collage paintings and then ripping the collage and gluing it back on. And it just became, it was so fun. It was like an exploration. Well, that's what's so cool. Like to see like where you start and where you end up with a project. And it is just that like when I, I just went to a a workshop, right. And learn from a painter. And, and she, and I was asking her a lot of very specific questions and she just looked at me like straight in the eye. And she was just like, you need to make a shit ton of work. You need to just <laughs> make so much work. And then eventually you, you're going to like something that you do. Yeah. And so she's like, just do it on paper. Do not commit to canvases, just paper, just keep doing it, do it. And then throw it away. If you need to rip it up and make a collage from it. Don't get precious with it. Yeah. And so like this project is kind of like that too, because it can morph and change over a hundred days for sure. Oh, totally. Like it, I feel like blessed because I don't have around art. I don't 
I don't criticize myself that much. I'm pretty just let things go. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's a very, um, it's probably my freest place that way. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that, yeah. And that's definitely true for something that's moving so fast. Like if I were there being super hard on myself and really like picking apart each painting, I, I would have stopped. Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten through the 100 days. I think that that's part of the, that's the byproduct of committing to that is if you get too precious over it, you're going to stall out. Yeah. Yep. Um, you use a, um, uh, a dress motif in your paintings that I've seen in the past when you've done paintings on canvas. And I see at the beginning of this, it looks like you were adding that dress motif on the Pete's bags. Is there some symbolism or something about the dress that well, speaks to you that why it's in your paintings? Yeah. Um, it wasn't an intentional symbolism, although it's one of those things where I just always doodled dresses, mm-hmm. you know, earlier, even before I started painting. I like sewing and I like um, the shape of dresses. And I just became kind of preoccupied with well, also, I'm not very good at drawing or painting people. So I have these empty dresses <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of look like there might have, there might be a, an invisible person in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there were symbolism, it's kind of um, a little bit about the fluidity of identity um, and mm-hmm. loss. There's mm. a loss piece there. Um, I think it dawned on me like halfway through that year of painting, or maybe it was a little later, but that, um, you know, my my mother died in 2011 and I was like, oh my God, I'm drawing Mm. (laughs) all these empty dresses are like my mom. (laughs) Yeah. That was like, so the meaning of it came to me late in the game too. And it seems like it's always, it's sort of ever changing. It can change, right? Also, there's a bit of the divine feminine uh thing yeah yeah Yeah. no I love it I love it I remember you did a series well maybe you are I don't know but when I first started following you it looked like you had a show somewhere that you had these paintings that had the dresses in them and I was like oh I love what she's doing here it's so beautiful and kind of ghostly I'm looking at this one 39 out of 100 of your 100 day project and it's just like um yeah like a ghost of a dress a little bit here just mm. outlining of it and it's dripping black. It's on a pink background. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful. And then you showed these locally, right? Recently? Um, no, I didn't, but I did have them um, up and available at my open studio in June. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how did people respond? Like what did you? You loved them. People love them. They sat yeah. and shuffled through them and some people bought them and other people just looked and it was just like really fun to share them. How did they display? I mean, how did you, how did you display them? I'm just kidding. That's just. I, I have a sort of corner in my studio that almost looks like a gallery wall. So I put, I framed six of them. Okay. And then I had the other ones like in plastic sleeves on boards in like kind of just spread out on the table and you could uh, shuffle through them. Got it. So, okay. So you put, encase them in some plastic so that they could just lay flat yeah oh cool yeah and I'm looking at one of your last ones that you did that has this dress looks like you collaged on there right 
kind of this fluid movement. It's a black dress Ooh. on a green. It's like 97 through 100. It's one of your last ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so pretty. Oh, these are so cool, Allison. I really Yes, do. we encourage everybody. We'll leave your Instagram yeah. name, you know, on in the show notes and we'll let you mention it at the end so that everybody can go see your work because it's hard to describe. Yeah, it's really nice beautiful. Visual art. It's really yeah. nice to hear that feedback. Thank you. Yeah, really beautiful. Um, so let's see. I'm looking at the timing. What else do we need? Did I miss anything, Sandra, or anything? I mean, you guys are working together. Do you yeah, guys want to so talk do, a little well, bit about Allison that? Well, Allison and I are working together. Um, I don't know how much she wants to talk about her project, um, but it's so fun. And um, we're really, Allison has, um, she's, yeah, she's really, she mentioned it before, but she's really being driven to finding, I said use the word style, but it's even more than that. It's like, um, having almost uh, visual and and sometimes even tangible symbols that represent self. And it's, um, it's kind of a deep, we're kind of doing some deep work, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I call it a personal iconography, sort of your, your library of um, symbols and marks and whatnot that, that r- really remind you of who you are mm-hmm. um, when you see them. So, yeah. Right. And I think the fun of what we're doing is we're taking, and this is what I love to do myself is kind of zooming out on all of these things that you've been kind of, you know, sponging and learning over the last couple of years, the different coach trainings and facilitator trainings you've been taken and kind of kind of mashing them all together where it's something that's your personal offering yes yeah yeah There's, it's kind of like a puzzle where part of it is blurry right now uh-huh part of it's you can tell that it's gonna it can come together and just it's just a matter of bringing bringing the rest of it into clarity I think right right through just really like talking it out and writing it out and talking it out some more kind of imagining scenarios of what it could look like and because sometimes it's just we're with ourselves right Sandra like it's just Mm -hmm. us in our head in our studio at our desk whatever it's just us but having that ability to talk to someone else and zoom out yeah, zoom out and like, would this work? Oh, what about this? What if you, you know, what if it was, what if it looks like this? And, and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh, Sandra, I can't tell you to like, it was, your help was, is, was immediately valuable. Like right off mm-hmm. the bat, it was like really clear that the door opened for it to just get so much bigger. Right, right. Cause you have this idea, but then you get stuck on this one, one way that you've, you know, and it's like, oh, it's not going to work if it's this way. And until somebody else puts some eyeballs on it, it's like, well, what if, what if you did it this way? And anyway, yeah. being vague, yeah. but it's, it's, um, but that is the way it works. Yeah. Perspective. <laughs> yeah. You are changing your story. I mean, that's the beauty. I think, um, it's not that people who drink can't change their story. I, I don't mean it like that, but I'm just talking to our audience and kind of what we talk about on here. When we remove alcohol, you have the ability to change so much. You're removing just one thing out of your life, but everything else kind of gets reordered, you know, or you start working on things that 
you didn't even think about, you know, it didn't occur to you before that alcohol was getting in the way, uh, especially with time management and my mm. priorities for me, like of who I spent my time with. I kind of guard that now, you know, I could just never, ever zoom out. Like I can do now and connect right. all those dots. I could never, I never had the ability to do that. It was a grasp. Yeah, <laughs> There was something right. There was a grasp. And how do you feel? I mean, you know, creating while drinking versus not drinking and creating, like, how do you, I know last night we briefly talked about uh, the Hemingway effect and how, what was the saying? Like, right, drunk, edit, sober. Like, do you feel, do you feel um, more powerful that you're not drinking? Like in terms of, of your creative life? Definitely. Definitely. And it, it, it's, it's a double-edged thing actually or two-sided thing because the creative energy is also really um like I can go on a creative bender <laughs> you mm-hmm. know right? it's something that I need to contain too um so in a way when I was drinking and making art I was trying to keep that at bay mm, um right but and when I stopped you know, it's like you have to feel more of those feelings and let that stuff come out in a mm-hmm. way that makes you way more, um, it's harder <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a good creative bender though. I'll get, I mean, way oh, more yeah. than I liked. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I would not trade it right. at all. But it but, is like, it's like, um, for me, it was like a committing to sitting with those feelings and that intensity around like all the ideas and all the materials and what, you know, how to make, you know, just all the things that go into um, right. having so many interests and having so many projects. You're right. Uh, it, alcohol would temper that, that force almost like create a siphon to where only a few drops could fall through. Um, and now we have to sometimes deal with the faucet wide open. Yeah. And it, yeah. And, and, and it's like learning how to not spend your, spend everything, (laughs) spend it all. Yes. I think Sandra, we were talking about this, like the gift of really, going as slow as you feel like you need to go right your mind Mm -hmm. is like turning out all these things that you maybe ought to be doing Mm -hmm. and just kind of being okay with doing them at your the way you need to Mm -hmm. well while i was gone in marrakesh and i was looking on instagram i saw that you had found some linen and like then you started making these beautiful linen dresses and then last week I saw it, you, or a couple of days ago, you were carving out stamps and stamping fabric. And I was like, oh, she's just following, like, I love it. Following what you want to do in that moment. Like I can just see it. Like you're very talented in so many areas, Allison. So yeah, I imagine in your brain, it's competing for like, how many hours are there in the day though? Right? Like, what can I, I know? I and know? actually the sewing thing was on some level, a slowing down thing. Mm-hmm. I woke up one morning and I was like, all I want to do is sew clothes and plant a garden and collect rocks. 
it was like this very kind of earth-based, just simplify all this, you know? Right. And there's definitely some things you can't do at a manic pace, like sewing, or you're going to, you know, or you better get to know your seam ripper very well. (laughs) (laughs) So true, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also ties into the reuse um, value that Mm -hmm. I have, like, I want to sew with, you know, secondhand fabric or sustainably um, created fabric. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That feels good too. Yeah, it does. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I love it. I love everything you do, Allison. You are, you are, um, I am one of your biggest fans. Oh, Tammy, thank you so much. Yeah, I am. I love it. I'm just like, what's she going to do next? Can't wait. Can't wait I know. to see what well, she's coming up with next. question mark about you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you are like hmm. fire over there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to take it real slow till the end of the year, but that's very hard. <laughs> that's very hard as well because, yeah, that's why it's so good. I have my idea book. I was chatting with Natalie yesterday and, and she was coming up with, cause she has a lot of ideas. Oh, I mean, we're just highly creative beings, I think. And she was, I said, put that, don't worry about that right now. Cause you have all these things coming up, put that in your idea book. Cause that's a 2020 idea. That's like, don't lose it. But you know, I don't know that this is the time to implement this brand new thing. Yeah. Um, and she was like, that's a good idea. I don't have an idea book. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, uh, well, so this is the part of the show where we get to like um, share where people can find you and ah, yeah, where can uh, they find right. you? And then we're going to do uh, your three things, but let's, if people want to look at your work, see your work, buy work from you, where can they find you? Right. Um, so you can see my work on, at, on Instagram at Ali Moncrief paints. Great. And then A-L-I? Yeah. A L I. M-O-N-C-R-I-E-F-F paints. Okay. And then um, my website is allisonmoncrief.com. So, okay. And you can buy work off of there or look at work. Um, You can also buy my poetry books on there. Oh, Um, nice. Nice. And I think I'm selling things off Pinterest, but I really never, I actually don't sell that much work. So, um, but I never really off um, Pinterest or Etsy, but. Oh, do you have an Etsy shop? I do. I do. Oh, what's that? That's Ali Moncrief Art or Allison Moncrief Art. Okay. You can tell I'm, I'm, um, (laughs) (laughs) but it it links from your, it links from your website, right? Correct. Um, yeah, it does. Oh, perfect. Actually, it links from my Instagram. Okay. Okay. In my Instagram. so. So people can go check it all out. And then um, we'll put the hashtag in the, in the show notes, but it's um, 100 days of painting on Pete's bags. So that is a great hashtag. The work is beautiful. Okay. So three things in your toolbox, it can be creativity related. It could be sobriety related. It could be whatever the heck you want, Allison, because we just let our guests do whatever they want on the show. Okay. So <laughs> it's hard to choose three things. Oh, okay. I mean, not because there's so many to choose, like that are helpful. Like I had to narrow it. Anyway, so number one for me, hiking in the hills here. Mm. Um, I like to go out by myself in Redwood Park and just walk for a long time on the trails, and um, that's a really grounding thing for me. Um, and super close. You know, we live in this totally urban place, and there's the gorgeous redwood forest right up the street. Mm. 
amazing. Yeah, salivating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, secondly, meditation. Mm. I know that's, it works. Uh, it, I know there's a reason. Hey, why. guess what people, it works. <laughs> Pretty here first. Just do it. <laughs> right. How do you, what's your form? I mean, do you have a form of meditation that you would share with the listeners or? Sure. Um, so I, I meditate just for 20 minutes a day and I don't, I don't do well with guided meditation because I start to sort of imagine the person who's doing the talking. So I just, just noticing the sounds. Um, and yeah, 20 minutes, just me and my insight timer, um, just the timer with some interval bells in there. Okay. Yeah. Good. And do you do that morning or night? Morning. Or, okay. Morning. Okay. Part of your little, do you have a morning routine then for it? Like what you do in the morning? Like I do. Yeah. So I do my gratitude list, Tammy, since I took your proof of life class. Mm, and excellent. That is actually the third thing. Oh, good. On my list. <laughs> um, that's, I do that and meditation, but the gratitude list my goodness, I had no idea how powerful that would be. And, uh, it is, right? Like it is. If you, if you um, yeah, it is. Yeah. And the thing that surprised me about it was the, that in situations that it's allowing me to find things to appreciate little flakes of gold inside situations that are hard. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is, that is, um, I've experienced the same. Yeah. 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 Really good. So Aww. Thank you, you do that in the morning. Good. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I do that and um, meditate and do soul collage. I don't always get to the soul collage mm -hmm. in the morning. I do it at some point in the day, but you know, it's a, it's a flexible situation. Yeah. Lately, my things have been morphing to my morning routine and just just time and school being back in session and my kid, you know, like those things do change. And I find that I need to be flexible. Um, but I also know when I need to get back to the basics of what I know kind of gets me back stable again or have a firm foundation again. So, yes. Yeah. Oh. I can well, feel it when I don't do the things for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure others around us can feel it too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> At least God. in my household. <laughs> Mom, you gotta go meditate. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> been my thing lately. Yeah, my kids are like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You're like, sit down. Do you have time for this? Okay. I need a moment. <laughs> bye bye. Oh. Well, Allison, thank you so much for saying yes. I know that we kind of sprung this on you last minute, and I just really appreciate it because I just felt like your the conversation with you was going to be so lovely for our listeners, for us to have with you, and I was hoping it would be good for you too. Yes, yeah, same. I was so thrilled um, that you said yes to doing this. I, I was. It was a surprise for me. Well, I just thank you both so much. It's been it's been such a nice conversation, and um, I admire you both so much. And it's just a pleasure to talk with you both at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know it's kind of fun. Well. Um, yeah, our listeners can go and find you on your website, read the show notes, check out your work, and um, just uh, keep doing what you're doing, Allison. It's not Thank broken. <laughs> Thanks, Tammy. Thanks, Sandra. I Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.
Unruffled podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.